There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How are you doing? Welcome back to Confessions of a 30-something Drama Queen. I have to start off this week by issuing a public apology for the fact that this episode is late. I am not happy about this. I really wanted to bash out at least 10 episodes without a gap for this podcast when I started. That was my goal. Do 10 episodes. Don't fuck it up. And, you know, here we are. But in all fairness... This week, the episode is late because it was my birthday last week. And honestly, I think it may have been the most chaotic week of my life. And I probably say that every year around my birthday, but it always is. I don't know why. I don't find it particularly fun. I find it all to be very stressful and chaotic. I'll get onto this in a second. But we went to Copenhagen and we came back and then we went to London and then we came back to Brighton. We had a full weekend of activities. And now I am trying to catch up on seven days of missed work before my next trip. And let me tell you, I am stressing, you guys. Like, this ain't it. This is not the life I want to be living. I'm obviously being half serious because I had the best week. It was so amazing. I loved Copenhagen. It was so cool. There's so many great places to eat if you're vegan or dairy-free. Oh my god, I had a vegan cheesecake, but like a New York-style cheesecake, and it was probably one of the top 10 things I've ever eaten in my life. It was so good, and it's just so pretty there. Unfortunately, it did rain a lot. Yeah, we really didn't get particularly lucky with the weather. Like the sun came out as we were leaving and I was I was not happy. <laughs> I don't know if I should admit this. I also didn't pack properly. I didn't think the weather was going to be too different looking at the weather forecast from the UK. So I packed my like UK wardrobe like, oh, yeah, cute outfits, cute outfits. Got there. It was bloody freezing and I basically wore the same outfit for three days. Luckily I had other tops I could swap in and out so it was like the same trousers, the same coat, the same shoes, the same but like it basically looked like the exact same outfit 
every single day. It was very embarrassing for me because obviously, you know, I, I put a lot of thought into my outfits and no one at the hotel that worked there probably noticed, but I was very self-conscious about it. And I obviously then couldn't get any Instagram pics or any TikToks or anything because I literally wore the same thing for three days. But anyway, so it was so much fun, but it was also slightly embarrassing for me on a personal level. But anyway, um, it was beautiful. If you ever get the chance to go, I would highly recommend it. I absolutely loved it. We basically just ate our way around. Like people keep asking me for recommendations and I'm like, no, Susie, you need to actually start doing things when you go to these countries because it's just so embarrassing that the only recommendations I have are like places to eat. I literally do nothing else. I just walk around and I eat. I went up a round spirally tower thing, obviously so very cultured when I say round spirally tower because I can't remember what anything is called. Um, yeah, that was that was what I did and I walked around and I oudinard at the pretty buildings and took photos of things and i'm the most embarrassing tourist so please i really shouldn't be giving out any recommendations i'm so sorry so yeah i don't have the best recommendations but I, there there was a hot dog stand that i was a big big fan of again don't know what it's called or where it is uh i was sure i will have ryan put together a blog post for me because i think he knows what everything is called but why am i so embarrassing like honestly i just shouldn't be allowed to do any type of travel content i don't know why i do it can you tell i haven't made any notes for this episode anyway let's move on so i went to copenhagen and i loved it apart from the wearing the same outfit for three days very embarrassing then Ryan and I went to London the next day because he had to collect my birthday cake and I was like oh yeah let's go together completely ignoring all of my responsibilities back home which was a huge mistake because you know nothing got done but time is a limited resource and I'm never gonna look back and be like oh I wish I'd worked more so fuck it and then at the weekend we did karaoke which was the most fun I think I will ever have like if you could ask me what my favourite fun thing is to do, I think that would be it. Not because I'm particularly good at karaoke. I actually am like a cat wailing, like it's horrendous. But it's just so much fun. And especially when you get like a group of people that are either really fun or that you just love and feel very comfortable with, it's always a good time. And I was a little bit nervous because I'd invited, and this is something that I would actually advise you do, even though it seems like a terrible idea, I invited lots of my random, not random friends, but like lots of pairs of friends or family that don't normally hang together. So it could be a recipe for disaster. But because they're all my favourite people, this is something I learned through watching what my other friends do. When someone you like invites all of their friends, you're almost guaranteed to like all of those friends because there's a reason your friend likes them. Does that make sense? So all of my favourite people, even though I was so worried they wouldn't get on, are kind of like m more likely to get on than not because like at their core, there are probably similarities there in some ways. Maybe not all the same ways, but they've probably got some common ground together somewhere. So I was worrying for nothing and I honestly had the most fun with all of my little sub sections of friends. It was honestly amazing and they all really loved each other and that was really amazing as well because obviously I was feeling very nervous. It was the best. The hangover from it, not so much. I genuinely thought at one point that I might need to be hospitalised and um, and this, when people ask me why I titled 
the podcast, Confessions of a 30-something Drama Queen, and they asked me to give an example of how I'm dramatic. This is why, because I obviously was fine and did not need to go to hospital. But in that moment, in the middle of the night, I was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I think I'm going to die. What happens if like Victoria and Alex, because they stayed at my house, if they find my body in the morning? You know, that kind of, that's the kind of thing that goes through my head. Very, very overdramatic. But also not overdramatic because that hangover. I haven't been that unwell since like 2014. I have been more unwell once. I think it was like my second worst hangover. No, wait, maybe third. My third worst hangover I've ever, ever had. And if I'm honest, I'm still not sure that I have fully recovered. However, that could be because I was headbanging so much that I basically gave myself whiplash, which not that is not just a me problem. Several other people that attended karaoke have also had the same, but I'm still sure there's a little bit of hangover going on as well. And can I just start, can someone please tell me why as you get older, like there are so many downsides to getting older and why on earth do we also have to deal with hangovers being worse? Like, do you think the universe just thought, yeah, on top of all this other shit, let's just give them this as well. Like, you know, let's make them deal with worse hangovers on top of everything else that you have to deal with in adult life. Like, no, this is not fair. Like drinking is one of the fun things that we can do as adults and it just hurts me now anyway. But yeah, hopefully my neck will stop hurting soon. That is one of the other things. Like, why do things just hurt so much when you hit 30? Like, it's actually not okay. One of the reasons that this podcast is late is because I was meant to film it, film it, oh, every time. I was meant to record it, like, a couple of Mondays ago before I left for Copenhagen and I actually had to cancel all my plans that day and go and get my back sorted out because it was hurting so much because I'm so tense at the moment and so stressed and like that just sums up my adult life if I'm very very honest and now I've hurt my bloody neck so I need to go back again and have some like TLC done so I'm just feeling very delicate and old right now and uh yeah it was a lot so um I think next year I will be going for a much more low-key birthday and if I'm honest because this is my space where I am honest um I had so much fun and honestly it was there's nothing that makes my heart burst more than all of my favorite people being in the same room like these were like my core best 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 people not a lot of them. I don't have a lot of them, but like my top tier people and nothing makes my heart happier than them all being in the same room with me. But on the flip side, I do not love birthdays like I used to. Like when I was younger, the more of a fuss you could make, the more gifts I got, the more people were there, like the better. Like that was what it was all about. I wanted everything. And now... Now my circle is getting smaller and smaller and I think that's very normal. Um, I don't know if anyone else is finding the same thing, but I feel like I know a few people that are also experiencing that. But I also, I don't want the gifts. I don't need the stuff. I don't have the space for the stuff. Like maybe after the loft conversion, I'll allow everyone to buy me gifts again because I'll have places to put them. Um, but right now I have a cupboard that's about 10 centimetres deep to put things. So it's not really ideal. And let's face it, I have a lot of stuff. I'm very privileged and very fortunate and very blessed. I don't need more gifts. But also that's a very top line thing. And it doesn't really matter. Like gifts, are that's like 
the least interesting bit about birthdays in my opinion but there's also like I really struggle now with the pressure to have fun and I don't know if it's because my birthday coincides with one of the busiest times of the year as an influencer or anyone that works in marketing, PR, retail. There are so many people in so many different industries that I'm sure can relate. This time of year is hell and trying to take a week off, which I didn't really intend on doing, but it just, it was so chaotic that I kind of was forced to. The pressure to have fun combined with the busiest time of the year and then trying to take some time off work, it just doesn't work for me and it's just very overwhelming Um, and I just don't love the birthdays like I used to Um, and that makes me really sad because I really used to be such a birthday girl Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be a lot more low-key from here on out. It's just not... Making a big song and dance is not my vibe anymore. I did, however, treat myself to something, and that is a tradition that will long continue. But anyway, that'll be on my YouTube and my TikTok if anyone wants to go and be nosy. But um, yeah, that was my birthday in a nutshell. And to top it all off with the feeling old, um, which I actually don't mind. I feel like I'm kind of starting to make my peace with the being old after I did my like two very long dragged out podcast episodes on my turning 30 crisis. Like I swear to God, that was actually very therapeutic for me. Like just saying all of that stuff and just putting it out there and then just walking away from it. It was great. I think it actually really helped me to process what I was feeling. So I am kind of like just very chill about like, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm old now and I don't really care. Like, I'm just chilling. I, kind of, I feel like I've maybe got to a level of like acceptance. I don't know. But to top it all off, like I, I lulled when this happened. Literally the day after my birthday, I was buying some wine in Asda as you do. And I am always ID'd in Asda, always ID'd. I always have it ready when I'm paying. And the woman literally comes over and just checks the box that's like, does not require ID. And I was just like, wow, happy birthday to me. You no longer look under 25. And I just laughed. I laughed so hard because I was like, doesn't that just sum up turning 31? Wow. In all fairness, though, the lady that was serving me, she was more my age, whereas normally it's people that are much younger than me. And I definitely think there's something with in and out groups like you. If you're younger, you can't tell how old older people are. And when you're older, you can't tell how young younger people are, that kind of thing. So this woman like looked to me and she just knew. But I was fully like standing there with my ID out, just expecting her to look at it and be like, oh, happy birthday for yesterday, because that's what normally happens. No, no, does not require ID looks over 25 cool so on my to-do list now is uh, to top up my botox but anyway so that is how i celebrated my 31st birthday and moving on we're going to keep in with the theme of turning 31 i'm going to be talking you through everything that i learned in my 31st year on this planet because i really do feel like I changed a lot as a person this year, literally from the second I hit 30. Looking back, I was served some real like life lessons and it's really changed the way I just operate in life a little bit now. So 
And while some of those life lessons were really hard to go through, I'm really grateful that they have happened. I also really feel like I'm coming out of my Saturn return. And if there's anyone listening or anyone knows anyone that knows a lot about Saturn returns, I would love to have someone on the podcast to talk about this because it's obviously something that starts when you're around 27 and it can go on for like a fair amount of time. Um, And it takes a long time to be, apparently, I don't know, I'm not expert it takes a long time to be fully out of it but I feel like I am fully out of my Saturn return now because my life has now started to look a lot more like it did before I turned 27 but just better like the way it looks now like how I felt like it was always meant to be so there's a lot more similarities I have with like my 25 26 year old self but with a lot more life experience um that I have gained over the last like 3 4 years. Um so yeah it's really it's kind of a weird time for me but really interesting as well that it's kind of starting to mirror how things were before I went through my Saturn return. If anyone knows about Saturn returns you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't it will sound insane but this year was definitely the year of real like friendship switch ups for me. The dynamics of my friendships completely changed. Lots of my friends had changed a lot during the pandemic. And this year, I just felt a huge shift. Lots of people also had babies and like groups started to like break away and make like subdivisions. And it was all just very weird, like a really hard time to kind of go through. I was then dealing with lots of insecurities as well. I almost felt thrown back to school at some points and that was very traumatising for me because I did not have a good time at school. But over the last like four or five months, things have really started to like work themselves out. And I'm now left with like a core group of people that I feel so happy and so content with. And interestingly, I've never been much of a family girl before. Um, Literally never, ever at all. Uh, My family are not a family that you think of as being particularly close. Um, Like we don't do, I remember when I started growing up and I'd hang out with like my friends' families and they'd play like board games together and stuff and actually like sit and watch TV together and I'd be like, what the fuck is happening here? Like my family never do this. But actually now as I'm getting older, that is starting to kind of happen a bit more And my family are becoming so much, not just my family as well, like mine and Ryan's family are becoming such a core part of like my inner circle. And it's a really lovely feeling. Like I feel so comfortable and it's something that I've never really experienced before and I'm really, really enjoying. But anyway, slight tangent there, but to come back to the point I was actually trying to make, like so many of my friendship dynamics changed. And one of the things I really learn is kind of along the lines of like that old quote that's like not everyone who's around you is down for you and I really learned the importance of just keeping your people that make you feel amazing around you and you know you can still have friends that like aren't making you feel that way but my core people that I spend the majority of my time with they need to be those people that make me feel super comfortable, really happy, really content. Like when you leave them, you get that warm, fuzzy, like almost like a satisfying feeling. Like you just feel really content after seeing them. You don't feel anxious. You don't feel like worried when you have a social occasion coming up. And I always kind of thought that I was keeping those types of people around me. But when I look back, 
it's nothing like the group that I have now. So if you are like struggling with your friendships, really pay attention to how people make you feel because really when you surround yourself with just like, it doesn't have to be a lot of people and they don't all have to be a big group of friends, but even just like these subgroups like I have, when you have just these lovely relationships with people where you always feel really good and you don't feel like anyone is judging you, it just, things start to really fit together when you just focus on those people and put your energy into the relationships that really like make you feel happiest and most content and that they give back to you as well like I really started focusing my energy on people that I felt were like giving something to me rather than spending a lot of time on relationships that felt very one way if that makes sense like obviously not all relationships are 100% equal. I'm not delusional <laughs> in any way, shape or form. But I do think there are some relationships where one person is giving a lot more or putting a lot more effort in. And that can be really difficult. But I will get onto that in a moment because there are also different relationship dynamics and love languages that I think come into that. But you know, I've I've just been paying a lot of attention to who like checks in and to who is like really there and really listening and also not just listening what the responses are when you're like confiding in someone. And I feel like paying attention to those things and putting my energy into different areas has completely changed the relationships I have, but also like the quality of them. It's just been so interesting and I'm really intrigued to see how things develop further in the future. But yeah, it's been a real year of learning in terms of friendships. I really want to do a whole friendship episode, but it's just such a minefield. There's so many things to cover. It might have to be like a little series, to be honest. But yeah, but I've learned a lot about friendships this year and I feel like I'm in a really good place now. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next thing I learned, I just touched on briefly, but I learned how to use love languages this year, not just as a fun little quiz that you do on the internet and then you tell everyone, oh, I'm like an acts of service girly, you know, even though we know. I love to do that. This year, I actually started utilising them. Um, this is especially important, I think, for me in terms of my family dynamic. I started using love languages because I'm very good at picking up on other people's core love languages. And 
I did this with my parents and it's completely changed the relationships that I have with them. For example, my mum is a quality time kind of girl. It's actually one of the love languages that I really struggle. I'll do a whole episode on love languages, by the way, if you want to hear more about this. But quality time is one of the love languages that I don't gel with very well because I don't have a lot of free time as it is. So if someone's got quality time as their main love language, we're screwed. But my mum is a real quality time girly. But it's obviously very important to me to have a thriving relationship with her. So this year I just started to go around her house and make her dinner like once every two weeks and she'll pop in to my house like once every couple of weeks as well and we've kind of ended up seeing each other every week and she comes over to mine and like helps me with stuff at my house because obviously acts of service girly and our relationship has never felt better. It's been a complete game changer and I've started to do it with my friends as well. I've made sure to ask a lot of them what their love languages are so that I can better understand what they would really like from me and what they really value. And it's been a real game changer. I really love it. But anyway, moving on from relationships. Another thing I learned this year is that I, the vegan, am allergic to oat milk. Oat milk, guys. Oat milk. (laughs) And I know some of you are thinking it, but yes, I did have it every morning in my coffee for like the past two years. Yeah, I did. I've not been feeling very well, you guys. And I realised this year that that was what I was allergic to. And it's been a real revelation for me. I'm very sad about it because I love oat milk. It makes for the best coffee and the best teas as someone that can't have dairy. It's very inconvenient very, very inconvenient. And you all know how much I love the Oatly chocolate oat milk. So yeah, that's probably the saddest thing that I have learned this year. I quite frankly don't know how I'll go on after this because almond milk is just not it. It's so bitter in comparison, but probably borderline better for you because I keep seeing those TikToks on how oat milk isn't good for you and it's really pissing me off. But that was a random thing that I learned this year. And part of me wishes I hadn't, but The part of me that likes to feel healthy is very grateful that I did learn that, you know. But anyway, another thing I learned this year is that you don't have to listen to everyone. Like there are a lot of opinions that get thrown at us on a daily basis. And even if it's like by your friends or your family, I've kind of learned like you don't need to listen to everyone. And that the things that people say to you are more of a reflection of those people than they are of you. And For me, what I have started trying to do is listen to specific people. One of my friends actually gave me this tip and I thought it was really good. I just have to say that quickly because I know she'll be listening to this being like, hey, this was my idea. But anyway, she told me to basically cherry pick who you take certain bits of advice from. So listen to specific people about specific things. So someone might come to me, uh, say they're having an argument with their boyfriend. I manage arguments fairly well. So someone, one of my friends might come to me for advice on that or advice on like being in a relationship but in terms of like if no one is going to come to me from my friendship group for advice on being single because number one we've obviously touched on this earlier on in the podcast episodes but I was obviously a train wreck when I was single and shouldn't have been allowed to date but also I'm currently not single so why would you take my advice I'm just going to be one of those annoying people that's in a relationship that's like 
oh, you know, you know, it's just about compromise. And no one that's single wants to hear that. They're having a horrible time on the apps right now and it's all just feeling a bit dead. So no one needs to come to me for advice on being single. But yeah, I thought it was a really interesting idea and it's definitely helped when someone is giving me an opinion, just taking time to take stock and be like, is this person someone I want to take advice from in terms of this piece of advice on this topic? Like, is this person giving me relationship advice, but actually they're in a very unhappy relationship? Should I be taking, do I want to take that advice? You know, not should you be taking, because it's subjective, but do I want to take that advice from this person? Do I feel like this piece of advice is actually going to be useful to me? And I thought that was a really interesting thing. And it's probably one of my favourite things that I've learned this year. I hope that made sense. I feel like those examples were slightly weird and rogue. Uh, Can you tell I haven't prepped this episode? Anyway, another thing I learned, which is very tertiary, but oiling your hair mid lengths to ends twice a day will stop it from being annihilated by curlers. That is something that I learned this year and I'm very grateful to have learned because I have such long hair now. I'm very happy about it because we all know how sad I was when all of my hair broke off and I had to cut my hair into a bob. It is absolutely game changing. And I would also advise if you have a day spare, just actually oiling your head like scalp, root, mid lengths to ends, like the whole head, stick some oil on it before you wash your hair and it will feel so, so soft and so healthy. I'm a big, big fan of oiling my hair. There's a Kerastas oil that I use and it is honestly, it's like the blonde absolute oil. It is just the dream and it smells delish. Another thing that I learned this year rather recently, and it's something that I'm still kind of working through, is that sometimes you have to do less to do more. I am the biggest uh, fan. I don't know if fan is the right word to use. I'm the biggest fan of putting too much pressure on myself, overworking myself. And in the end, I never get enough done or I never feel satisfied with the amount of work I've done because I am just not taking a step back and being like strategic, taking stock, taking breaks in order to be able to work better and produce better work and produce more work because I am well rested something that I have learnt and that I am going to actively be practising in my 32nd year on this planet because it's something I really want to get a hang of. I feel like I'm at this tipping point, especially career-wise, where you kind of have to pull the arrow back to propel forwards. I'm at that point. And so this is something that I'm trying to remind myself every day. And sometimes it means that I have to remind myself that I literally can't do everything and that I might have to do a bit less. But I'm learning that I'd rather do a few things really, really well than try and do 10 different things all at the same time and just not producing my best work, you know? And on a similar vein, one thing that I started doing this year, which was the best like work revelation for me, and it's such an obvious one, but time blocking your day. Oh oh my God, I started doing this recently. And when people see it, it gives them a lot of anxiety to see it like all written down on paper. But I have like the Carico planners. I will link them in the show notes. I would highly recommend getting yourself one for 2023. Um, They do really gorgeous like limited edition ones as well. And they're so pretty, but you have like your day like time blocked out. And then you also have three non-negotiables that you list. And it's just really helped me focus and get more done in a day. It has really changed the way I work. 
I couldn't go back now. I absolutely love it. I am the biggest time blocking fan that there possibly could be. And like I said, it has the like three things to do today in it, which I call my three non-negotiables because they're not always like work things to do um, or actually big things that need doing. But for example, I will always put a walk or a workout in the non-negotiables because it's something that I need to do in my day that helps me feel mentally healthy. And it has been probably one of the best things that I could do for myself is have three non-negotiable things. They don't even need to be work-related, but just three things that I need to get done that day to feel like a functioning, happy human being. And it has been such a game changer for me. This year, I also learned that asking for help is more than okay. Sometimes it's actually welcomed, like you get yourself anxious and you think that people are going to really judge you for asking for help. But actually, sometimes people around you are really glad that you've asked for help. And I have learned to accept this year that sometimes, especially with my life, because it can be a little bit chaotic, like being self-employed in whatever industry you work in, it's a lot. And sometimes you don't have the most free time. Like there are sometimes seasons where you don't have a handle on everything and things feel really chaotic. And I have learned that sometimes it just takes a village. Like you can't do it on your own and you need to ask for help. And when I started to accept this this year, that, you know, my life is just borderline chaotic and sometimes not all the time but there will be seasons and periods in my life where it will just take a village when I started actually accepting that and accepting the help and asking for help it actually really helped my self-worth because previously I'd almost been telling myself that I wasn't worthy of having people help me and when I started asking for help like I started to feel better about myself it's the most bizarre thing Maybe there's therapists listening to this that don't think it's bizarre at all. And actually, it's very basic, but it's really changed my life this year. And it's something that I want to continue to practice over the next year. I feel like I'm at this point. I know I've already kind of said this, but I don't just mean it in a work capacity. I mean, personally as well. I feel like I'm at a tipping point where things might be about to get really good. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm really not sure and I'm kind of nervous laughing but I feel like things are either I'm, maybe I'm on the edge of a breakdown or maybe I'm on the edge of a breakthrough and I don't know which one it is but I'm excited to continue working on myself over the next year and I'm excited to see where things go so yeah interesting we'll see and finally this is maybe not a lesson but this is more of a realization To be honest, a lot of these are like realisations, not necessarily lessons. But one of my biggest realisations this year was that the best years of your life are going to come when the best years of your life come. My 30s might not be the best years of my life, as everyone has promised me that they will be. I mean, maybe my 20s were my best years. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope not. There were some good times, but there were some also really bad times. So I kind of hope not. But anyway... My best years of my life may come in my 40s or 50s, but when I realise that, I kind of like that. Like, there's always something to look forward to in that way. Like, I kind of don't want my 30s to be the best years of my life because then I'll be really sad when I leave my 30s. So I like the idea of the best years of my life coming when they come and not uh, accepting the fact that people are telling me that my 30s need to be the best years of my life because... 
maybe they don't. And maybe it's a good thing if they're not. I don't know. Because people used to say this to me about school. They used to tell me that school was going to be the best years of my life. And I hated every single second from like age four till age 18. I hated every second of my school life. So I'm glad that they weren't the best years of my life. And maybe I'll be glad if my 30s aren't the best years of my life. But even if they are, I'll still be really grateful for them. Like, I honestly sometimes question whether anything could top my 20s because it was really, when you look at my 20s, obviously the YouTube boom and some crazy career moves and all of that and some crazy personal life moves, they were some of the best years of my life. They were also some of the worst years of my life, but I am so grateful for them. Even if they were the best years of my life and it's all downhill from here, I'm so grateful for that time. So I'm kind of rejecting this. 30 has to be the best years of my life and I am excited for the best years of my life to come whenever they want to come. Because also in a decade, not every year is going to be amazing. And I think that's quite normal that that is how life flows. So I am excited for the best years of my life to just appear when they appear and to not feel pressure for this to be the best decade that I could possibly have because actually that's really boring because then when I get to 40 I'm going to be sad so does that mean I'm not going to try and make the most out of the next decade absolutely not but am I also excited to see what you know my 40s and my 50s have in store for me as well as my 30s absolutely but sod's law now my 30s will actually be the best years of my life because I have fully just taken the pressure off of them having to be the best years of my life and that is normally the way the cookie crumbles with me. So that is the end of episode 10 and that is where I'm going to leave you for a few weeks now. I always said that I wanted to get to 10 episodes and decide whether I was going to continue to do things weekly or whether I was going to do seasonally and if I'm very honest I still haven't decided whether this is going to be seasonally or weekly or a bit of both like I might come back for season two I'm air quoting season two but it goes on for like a hundred episodes I don't know I'm still figuring this out however October is going to be a little bit chaotic in the sense that I am not around a lot I have a lot of things going on I'm going to be spinning a lot of plates so I'm going to take a brief little hiatus whether I come back and we continue and it's not seasonal remains to be seen but I want to take a little break get through this month and keep all of my plates spinning without them smashing on the ground around me I also want to take the time to line up a few guests if possible that would be amazing and just to prep a few more episodes that are a little bit more chunky like I said earlier I really want to talk about friendships and I really want to give that some real thought as to how I want to talk about friendships and whether I want other people to come in or whether I want to do them solo or I don't know. This is the thing. I really don't know. And I want a little bit more breathing room to think about it. And with the fact that I am now editing my YouTube videos at the moment and also producing a podcast and TikToks and shorts and Instagram and reels, it is a lot and there's a lot of trips and just a lot going on over the next month. So we're going to take a very short little hiatus and I will hopefully be back very soon. I'm really excited just to take stock a little bit and make sure that what I am giving you is the best content and just to like really reflect on the past 10 episodes see how I could improve all of that so yeah 
a little mini break is going to happen now. So make sure you follow me on Instagram at Susie Bernaldi if you want to follow me personally or at TSDQ Podcast if you just want the podcast updates. You can also follow at TSDQ Podcast on Pinterest, Twitter, all of the platforms. I am everywhere. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe so that you know when I am back and better than ever. And feel free to leave a review if you're feeling nice. I would absolutely love that. Thank you so much for listening and supporting 30 Sonic Drama Queen so far. I really, truly appreciate it. It's been such a fun 10 episodes and I'm really excited to be back for more. I hope you're all having the best day and you enjoyed this episode and I will speak to you guys again very, very soon. Love you, bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. shopify.com work.